2: What is up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? Welcome back to a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. We are rocking along, you guys. Uh, we are down not we're not in single digits yet but we are very very close on our main wheel uh the main wheel is dwindling as we speak but we're not done yet hey if it's your first time joining us welcome uh you've got a lot to catch up on because we are the show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time Van halen and we do it one track at a time i am your co-host mark kamara with me as always Corey morissette Corey, how you doing man
1: I'm doing great, I tell you. Uh, summer nights was a week off because uh, it's been minus twenty the last couple of days, but we're jumping up to plus nine uh, as we speak here. It's warming up, so uh, Ooh, plus summer nine. nights uh, got the memo just a week too early. Yeah, it's plus nine—that's that's fucking summer. Are you kidding me? We're going to be on the that's deck, summer. <laughs> yeah, with, with a couple of a uh, couple of tequilas, uh, enjoying life. So things are really good down here. But Mark, this is my favorite uh, week of the month because we bring on all of our lovely patrons, and this week one decided to join us why don't you give him here a very special silky smooth introduction coming
2: back to the show uh a patron extraordinaire and uh a, v- a vocal person in our in our community and we love that we love when our people are are vocal and outspoken with their fandom of van halen so please welcome back to the show greg zito hey. what is up
4: greg oh, hey everybody uh looking forward to tonight anytime we get to talk about van halen's a great day to me
2: Amen. Absolutely. I tell you what. Unless unless it's a disgruntled uh, former front man who who can't keep his mouth shut to save his life. Well,
1: I tell you what, um, Mark, I accidentally, uh, I I upload these to to YouTube now. And I've put in no promotion or thought or effort uh, into our YouTube feed. And we have like over 500 (laughs) subscribers on there. And uh, I love it. I accidentally uh, clicked on the little notification bell because there was like a ton of them on there. And the first two Mm -hmm. things that popped up were horribly negative comments toward us. Uh, oh, so yeah. I, I didn't dig any deeper, uh, but one said, uh, we don't care about cats. Uh, so uh, to him, I just say, uh, fuck you. Eddie Cat Halen is awesome. I care about cats. I could give two yeah. fucks what you think about. And the other I'm one.
2: A cat dad. I care about cats. Exactly. So yeah, fuck, fuck and, you. And the other dude. guy said,
1: uh, oh, a Van Halen podcast with two Dave haters. No wonder they're doing so poorly on YouTube. First of all, I thought we were doing great on YouTube. The fact that anyone's watching us on there is fucking phenomenal. And B, yeah. I, I just want to clarify, I'm not a Dave hater. Like, uh, he's, I've always said he's my favorite frontman uh, on this band. Literally, two things can, can be true. One, David Lee Roth is one of the greatest front men in rock and roll history. He's one of the greatest rock and roll singers in rock and roll history. I know Mark's going to disagree with me on that, but I think so. And he is responsible, directly and indirectly, in some of the greatest rock and roll music ever created. With Van Halen, and he's had a pretty good solo career, too. I am by no means a Dave hater. That's true. What's also true is he's an egomaniacal motherfucker who spouts off at the mouth seeking attention. That's also true. So he's an an asshole, kind of like Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, guys like that, you know. And you could even say Sammy Hagar has maybe spouted off a little too much at the mouth, talking about the brothers, talking about Dave, especially in his book. I understand him and Dave have some... Uh, you know, some bad blood now from that ill-fated tour. Uh, so, mm-hmm. But even before that, you know, he wasn't speaking too kind of Dave. So he should maybe learn to shut up too. Uh, all I'm asking is maybe the Van Halen frontman maybe kind of take the high road. A lot wolf Wolfgang Van Halen, who is not, you know, prone to uh, going on Twitter and, uh, you know, fucking uh, ripping on trolls, which is fantastic. But you notice he oh, hasn't yeah. said word one uh, about this whole bullshit. So I'm not a Dave hater. I'm not a Sammy Haver hater. Uh, I love uh, both, and I love Van Halen, and I I really enjoy both their solo careers, too. That's why when, what, uh, 11 songs from now, when we wrap up Van Halen, we're going to put some solo shit on the wheel, and we're going to spin that sucker, and uh, I am really looking forward to digging into that.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Tell me you don't listen to the show without telling me. It's like right away with the automatic, oh, two Dave haters doing a podcast, whatever. It's like, no. See, here's the thing. We're we're not hating on Dave if you actually listen to the show or it's on YouTube, right? Yep. If you watched it and listened to us, uh then you would know that no, we're not hating on Dave. We're not Dave haters. I have my personal uh favorite Van Halen vocalist which is Sammy Hagar. However, at no point do I disregard the monumental uh uh achievement that uh David Lee Roth contributed to the band in, you know, the the early career, those those first uh several albums. Uh how many times have you and I, Corey, talked at nauseam about how much we love Van Halen 2 as an album. Guess who sings on Van Halen 2? <laughs> David Lee Roth. Do I do I say a bad thing about him at all when we talk about those albums? No, no, I don't. What I, what I say is I think Sammy Hagar is a better vocalist from a vocal standpoint, like a technical vocal... You know, just just in singing in general, I think Sammy Hagar is the better uh, vocalist. We have talked ad nauseum about uh, the differences between the singer versus frontman. Is Dave the better frontman for Van Halen? Yeah. I think so. I think the argument would uh would definitely swing in his way. And I'm not taking anything away from that. Having said all that, uh I reiterate what Corey said. Like we also can acknowledge that David Lee Roth is like fucking asshole and he's a fucking egomaniacal egomani- douchebag. And uh we need to acknowledge that these people are among us. And look, and we can we could spend a lot of time talking about like who's an asshole. You mentioned like has sammy had asshole moments you damn right yes he has guess what eddie van halen has been an asshole before uh i'm sure alex van halen has been an asshole like there's we can go down this road if you're a rock star you're gonna have some uh asshole tendencies you're just going to it's unfortunately the nature of the business especially when you achieve a certain level of success like the boys did um so that that that's what it is. Yeah. All all Corey and I ask is if you're going to make a statement like that, then at least uh listen to the show, listen to what we're saying, so that you can actually call us out on the things. Like, oh, you see, you see, I've been listening. Go back to this episode. You guys said you hated. It. If you can prove that, then go. All right, cool. I guess we're haters. Fine. Good job. Thanks for listening. Uh, right. But if you can't, if you're just gonna say from the surface level, oh, two Dave haters doing a Van Halen podcast, like no we're doing a podcast it just so happens that through our journey more things have come to light in like now things happening like right now i don't know what that noise was behind me but like <laughs> things happening right like, right now david lee roth is showing uh his true self his true colors. so don't hate the podcasters hate the dude they're talking about so <laughs> anyway I'll uh, tell you what. So but mark- nevertheless go yeah. ahead greg
4: yeah i was gonna say mark and Corey. uh so I have a question for you, I mean, and this has sure. been rolling around in my brain ever since Dave dropped that, you know, horrible whatever it was. Um, I think that the Van Halen brothers just love making music, and they wanted to be successful, but they didn't have the ambition that Dave had. And I think they needed Dave's, "Win it all costs, I'm going to be the number one front man in the world ambition to get them to where they were. But with that, you also get an egomaniac, uh, narcissist. Like I don't think you can get one without the other. So 100%. you know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: You're hundred percent right. I, I think of a band like Kiss. Right, you need Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley to take that band to the next level. Uh, you know, Ace was just spaced yeah. out half the fucking time, yeah. and, and and Peter was kind of a gangster. Uh, Jeff in the in the chat even says Dave helped Ed develop his on stage personality because he didn't have much. Going into that, like yeah. uh, Ed was singing, right? And not wanting to sing. Yeah. And just kind of looking at his shoes and blah, blah, blah. They 100% yeah. needed Dave. And originally, I know, you know, they weren't a fan of his singing, but he had the PA. Yeah. That's why they invited him to join the band. But he was such a, a huge point, a part of, of getting them noticed and, and making them successful. You, you can't take away Dave Lee Ross' contributions to this band at all. That said, yeah. though, yeah, nowadays at he's, he's kind of looking for attention, uh, you know, which is a little sad. I, I would rather be labeled a Dave hater than a Dave apologist because that just says everything the man does is fucking gold and and, and cannot be touched whether he's ripping on Valerie or Wolfie or Eddie or Alex and I I, I don't subscribe to that so if you want to label me a Dave hater fine go ahead I'd rather be that than a Dave apologist Um, Scott Everett in the chat had a great comment he said you can love the artist and hate the person is what I've discovered this year and it very much like a you know kiss fans right like Gene Simmons is kind of a dickhead uh, and Paul Stanley has an ego the size of Texas, but y- you kind of need to, right? And 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 that's totally fine. Uh, Tom says, and Corey Mark can still disagree on things and still co-host the podcast, and that's true. We do disagree exactly. on some stuff, yeah. and when we get into the uh, the solo wheel, we're we're going to probably yeah. disagree a whole bunch. But that's well, fine. I, a lot. Yeah. I, I do a podcast with Kevin Brown. We just dropped one today where we disagreed vehemently on a song. Which is great. It doesn't make his opinion less valid or my opinion less valid, and it's more fun right. to talk about when you come in and kind of have that 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 butting heads. That's the way we thought Van Halen would be great because I'm more of a Dave guy. You're more of a Sammy guy.
3: Yeah, and
2: exactly. And, I, I've been having
1: and, a lot of fun doing it, but yeah, we're not hating on Dave, not hating on Sammy. But geez, stop making those fucking videos. That's all I'm saying. Yeah,
2: that's what it is. Like if you call us Dave haters and we're like, no, we're not. You're just a Dave apologist, and that's way worse. It is. Yeah.
1: And there's so many, like even Eric Sanich on the Van Halen News Desk, whenever they post anything, the Dave apologists just fill up the comments with, you know, Dave can do no wrong. Dave is God. Dave is the best. He's like, is he, though? Great, great front man. One of the best of all all time. But, you know, what's he doing now? He's releasing, you know, the shit that killed Elvis and, you know, releasing Uh videos where he's ripping on, on Wolfgang, who's one of the most lovable guys out there. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh yeah and we could we could dive into uh like what's really going on with some of these people that are just absolutely diehard Dave fans and like the their apologists but they make no apology like Dave can do no wrongs like oh you i have i have so many follow up questions for your character because you're just you're choosing to not acknowledge big aspects of the guy uh and not just uh separating artists from the the man but this, just acknowledging what this man is doing what this man has done and it's like no no no, you can enjoy the music of the band for sure but you and and you have to acknowledge also that this is not particularly a good dude uh and he has shown uh as much that he, further down the road he he's just less and less of a good dude so he's just that's what attention. it is you know wolfie's yeah.
1: getting attention uh so is sammy he just wants him to but uh, I'm sick of talking about Dave Discourse. Uh, I, I referenced a, a band earlier uh, in the show, Kiss. And I talked yes. about them a little bit last week because I said, Mark, you will not believe it. I, I was driving around for work and I found uh, a song by Kiss that has some of the worst lyrics ever, ever written in a rock <laughs> song. And I know Jeff Brewer uh, was actually chatting with me on Discord back and forth. Is it this one? Is it this one? And he had really good guesses. Like, those are bad. <laughs> this one may be worse, though. Uh, So I I teased it last week. I want to play you a little bit this week uh, a little song uh, from the album Unmasked. This is an Ace Frehley song, uh, and it's called uh, Two Sides of the Coin. I I cued it up uh, to the first verse here. I wanted you guys to kind of check this out and let me know what you think of the lyrics. Okay. Right, so those lyrics are: I've met some ladies and then some girls, but they don't tell you they just want to whirl. It's kind of funny, a little sad because they're not happy; they're just kind of glad to be with me for just the night, and maybe even turn out the lights. Well, turn out the
2: lights. That's a that's a man who discovered rhyme schemes.
3: <laughs> uh, <it's>,
2: that's <laughs> I met some Look, ladies and I, how, then some girls, so. Uh, <laughs> how how sober do you think Ace was when he wrote this? <laughs> this was nineteen eighty, so question. the answer is not exactly. Not, at all. exactly not at all. The entire year I'm not I'm not giving him a pass for that because it should be acknowledged that Ace really like, wow, this is really stupid, man. Um but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is there a reason? Like, maybe he's just not a gifted lyricist. Maybe you can blame it on the, the drugs if you want to. But He's written just... some good
1: stuff. I, I, You know, Shock Me takes a lot of shit, but it's a pretty good tune. And Ace is in the oh, news right now. he did Shock Me, yeah. didn't he? But, uh, you know, he released a solo record uh, this week that I haven't heard yet. But by all accounts, from reviews, it's pretty decent. So uh, I'm looking forward to checking that one out. I'm, I'm going to play a verse tube be here, but uh, Scott Haskin, very excited. He says, oh, good. I haven't heard a pedo song since our Aerosmith podcast. So the, there's a niche I didn't know he needed scratched, but let, let let's go on to it to a verse two here of uh two sides of the coin. So that doesn't even rhyme. I'd like to say a word or two about the women we all seem to know. You mentioned he's a fan of rhyming screams, not so much.
2: May, maybe he's uh maybe he's waiting for the next uh phrase to rhyme. I don't know. All right, well let, let's hear the next phrase then. There
1: All right, so the, the, those lyrics again. Yikes! I'd like to say a word or two about the women we all seem to know. They're all around us. They're everywhere. You meet them this place, and then meet them there. Fantastic, and then you decide <laughs> to pick a mate because you're tired of all of those dates, of all of those dates. And Jeff the is pretty dates. bad, but so is Rocket Ride. And I, I don't recall Rocket Ride offhand, but I, I can't wait to play that one now.
2: Was he? Uh, did I know this came out? Uh, this came out in 1980. You said, yep. Unmasked. Uh, how old was Ace Freely at this time? Do we know this offhand?
1: Oh shit, he would been thirties probably.
2: Okay, cool. So he wasn't in high school, uh, no. Because this, this, like this, this sounds like uh, uh, you know when you make your first high school band and you don't know really how to write lyrics except that it's supposed to be uh, rhyming poetry, and that's what this feels like. Like this feels like uh, a poem he wrote in creative writing class. Uh, just to make some words rhyme, and <laughs> decided to put some music to it.
1: Jeff Look, says, uh, apo- even-
2: "Apologies to Ace, He's but at the same Ace. time, like, bro, this is this is all, like you should have known better at this point." Jeff says, "Even Shakespeare
1: <laughs> didn't rhyme all the time. Like, come on."
2: <laughs> that's true but at least it, whenever shakespeare okay we're not about to have this we're not comparing <laughs> shakespeare and ace freely let's just let's stop the mockery right. immediately
4: i gotta say the lyrics are terrible but still a better song than gene simmons when you wish upon a star oh, oh fuck yes God. that is one of the oh, worst things i've ever his holy. solo
1: album is dog shit
4: Ooh. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's rough trade.
1: Yep, and uh, Scott Everett uh, in the chat pointed out what I just looked up. He was
2: 29
1: uh, when Unmasked came out.
4: <laughs> old That's to still better. too old.
2: Yeah, yeah, old enough to know better. Yeah. Like way better. Like like he should have been. He should have presented the the lyric sheet to somebody. Maybe not Gene, but somebody. Like, hey, does th- this look okay? And Remember, uh, Unmasked.
1: Like... They were they were so close to getting rid of Ace. Right. He he made it like. Almost up to the elder. So uh, that ah, was that's thing. true. So they just uh,
2: threw him a bone, I guess. Yeah.
1: Scott Monroe says, Okay, make it stop. I'll tell you where we hide the new codes. So <laughs> maybe we should move on. <laughs>
2: No, he knows he knows where they are. no uh okay, thank you for doing that that uh that brings a great uh, conversation. It's like anytime anytime <laughs> we want to rag on uh Sammy's bad lyrics or Dave's or or even uh Gary's on occasion, um, we can all I think collectively agree thus far and we've made it pretty far. Nothing has been as awful as that. I would I would argue like I'll listen to Up for Breakfast a thousand times more than I'll listen to that again. I tell you what the,
1: the tune is not bad though like you know I, I, you know the riffs are okay yeah, but yeah. like
2: the lyrics just completely took me out of it. If we were doing uh, the, I know the Pot of Thunder di- guys did it respectively yes. but if we were doing a kiss show in this same format i would be like no I'm done this is this <laughs> is awful. Well
1: I, I listened to that episode of Pot of Thunder that's when I heard that song yeah it did not go well. <laughs> uh, but Jeff Brewer says Sammy was forty when he came up with Lunch Pale. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. All right, well, you got me there. Touche, touche. We'll move on.
2: Yeah, tou- touche indeed. But still, I'd rather listen to that than this. Yeah, yeah.
1: Tom uh, with another quote. I'm assuming this is another A song. A man needs a woman. That's all there is to it. So get you a woman, get her and do it. Wow, it sounds just-
2: like 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 if you put the music to it. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds like it can still fit. If it's not in there, if there's another Kiss song floating around with that line. Then it's no wonder, I hate to say it, but it's no wonder they, they got rid of Ace. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: that's right, that's awful. What do you say we talk a little Van Halen, Mark? We got a lot please going do. on in the news a lot, desk. Should we a lot go right in the to the Van
2: Halen news. It? Yeah, please go. All to right,
1: it. let's get to the Van Halen news desk. First of all, I'm going to have a little piece. Uh, it's going to be an exclusive for all the people on the call here tonight by Friday when everyone's oh. watching or listening to this. That's uh, going to be old news. But before we get there, let's talk about the articles currently on the Van Halen news desk, including when Dave Lee Roth reached for risk-taking heights with the Skyscraper album. They're talking about uh, uh, his 1988 uh, album, uh, Skyscraper, where Dave tried to meld kind of music of the time with dance music. Uh, He didn't just try and make a a Van Halen clone. You know, uh, I I, I applaud him uh, for doing something new. And I actually really liked the Skyscraper record, Uh, but it it wasn't a big hit. Uh, The the Mm. lead single was uh, Just Like Paradise. It did quite well. Uh, But other than that, uh, you know, it was kind of a miss... Uh, so that that's a great article on the Van Halen news desk. Got check that out. Then we have Idaho glass artist reimagines iconic Van Halen guitar. You got to see it to believe. It. If you're not watching us on YouTube right now, uh, you know check out that article and, and check out this uh, this uh, glass uh, version uh, of the Frankensteiner. It, it's fucking amazing. Just incredible work. Incredible coming out of Idaho. And then we have a, a 1984 throwback video courtesy of uh, Greg Renoff. Watch skydiver version of Van Halen's jump. Uh, it's this really cringy uh, video from 1984 of people like jumping out of planes and lip syncing to jump, which is kind of cool. So, <laughs> that's,
2: I mean, I get it. That that's that sounds like a fun idea. It's yeah. cringy, you say. Well, it's 1984. Uh, what what are you gonna do? Uh, yeah. And then yeah, finally, yeah, I
1: really like this one. Our good friend Darren Paltrowitz, uh, author of uh, you know How Dave Lee Roth Changed the World, um, did an interview with uh, Brian Wheat of Tesla, which is a band I really really like. Uh, and he uh, interviewed Brian Wheat, and Brian told a story about how David Lee Roth actually wanted to manage Tesla uh, wh- way back in the day. Uh, so you can catch uh, the link to that interview uh, on the Van Halen News Desk. Uh, it's pretty interesting, and there they are right there. There's Brian Wheat on the right, and there's Darren Paltrowitz on the left uh, talking about David Lee Roth because uh, Tesla used to open for Van Halen uh, back in the mm-hmm. day, and uh, I think they actually opened on the uh, Eat em and Smile uh, Tour, if I remember correctly. And um, Oh,
2: boy. Yeah. Can you imagine being managed by David Lee Roth? Like, I don't think anything would get done. I don't think anything would get done. Yeah,
1: that's true. Uh, After a series of dates supported by Cinderella during the second half of '86, Roth tapped Tesla to open for the Eat 'em and Smile Band. So it wasn't Van Halen, it was the Eat 'em and Smile Band. Uh, And so then he really liked the modern day cowboy video uh, way back when. Tesla's a fantastic band. Uh, If you haven't, I saw them live. They opened for Def Leppard uh, quite a few Mm -hmm. years back here in Saskatoon, and they still put on a great show. Uh, I, I would Underrated gem
2: of a band for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, I, absolutely. I, I, admittedly, my my knowledge in, in Tesla is limited, but uh, what I have heard, and I've I've heard stories about them just as dudes, uh, and I've, they're all all good stuff. So uh, yeah, get get into Tesla, you guys.
1: <laughs> uh, Jeff in the chat says, uh, "Kiss didn't get rid of Ace because of lyrics. If that was the Kiss standard, Gene and Paul would have to kick themselves off, also. <laughs> I guess yeah. I was a uh, I was listening to Plastercaster on the way home. it's <laughs> They're <laughs> they're 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 kind of brilliant in their uh, in their stupidity, but <laughs>
2: but that but that's but that story is just kind of funny though. Like I mean, it's just like why why wouldn't you? Uh, somebody was gonna write a song about the plaster caster woman, and <laughs> it might as well have been Kiss. But so. at that time, he hadn't even had his uh,
1: his dick plastered, so
2: right yeah but i mean like such a such a legendary uh thing and such a legendary person yeah you, you gotta write songs about it you know that's yeah. that's the kind of thing people do write songs about
1: oh you know what our uh, 1984 podcast expert scott everett uh, jump is at number one for the second straight week this week in 1984 uh correct me if i'm wrong scott but it was jump uh, number one for like five uh, straight weeks i think at the beginning so mm. pretty good uh, run uh, for jump i, th- I think yeah. it was five weeks and then scott haskin uh, imagining what David Lee Roth managing Tesla would be like, DLR to Tesla, quote, you're not kicking enough. <laughs> and probably not kicking high enough either.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. It's like kick higher. And like, <laughs> I can't. I don't, my legs don't flex like that, Dave.
1: <laughs> All right. Now we, we got a little piece of, of, of late breaking news here. I've been talking with Eric Sanich because a lot of people uh, on the interwebs have been giving uh, Eric and the folks at the Van Helen News Desk a hard time Uh, about not writing anything about the Alex Van Halen biography. We talked about that last week. It's coming out October 22nd, and they hadn't posted anything yet. Well, I know there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes uh, at the Van Halen Mm -hmm. News Desk, and um, I I, I can report here uh, tonight that uh, the Van Halen uh, store, which is run by the Van Halen News Desk, will have copies of the Alex Van Halen biography. Um, So you you can definitely uh, go pick up your copy, Uh, from the Van Halen uh, store. There's going to be a ton more coming from the Van Halen News Desk about the Alex Van Halen biography. Everybody's very excited about it. Um, Eric kind of let me in the loop a little bit on some stuff. I I can't release it here, but I feel really important letting everyone know that I know a little bit more than kind of the average bear. Uh, But there's a lot more coming from the Van Halen News Desk about the the hotly anticipated Alex Van Halen uh, biography entitled Brothers.
2: Corey's got the scoops. There you are. So you you all know where to where to go to find him and to to bombard him with information that he's not going to give you. But that's awesome. Look at you in the know. And he's you know what else is going to be the... coming
1: on the Van Halen yeah. News Desk as we record this. It's not up yet, but it will be up soon. An actual excerpt from the book itself. Harper Collins is sending Ooh. Van Halen News Desk uh, a, a brief excerpt from from the uh, book. So uh, if you ever wanted to check yeah. out Van Halen News Desk, now is the time you can actually read a little bit from uh, Alex Van Halen's biography.
2: Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Well, look at you in the inner circle and, uh, yeah, be sure to check those guys out. We always, we get our news from the Van Halen news desk. We've never, uh, been shy about admitting that. I mean, we just like, why not? Eric is a friend of ours. So, uh, Go check that out and stay on the up and up, because as Corey said, there's going to be just a, I assume the floodgates will open with information and with news uh, regarding this biography. I, for one, am super stoked to check that out and to check out the the little uh, the blurb, the little excerpt that they're going to share with us. So be, be on the lookout for that, you guys. All right. Shall we move on to the poll from last week? Oh, let's do it. We had
1: a pretty good song and a pretty interesting poll result, Mark. Why don't you tell us all about it?
2: You guys, I just want to say at the top, I'm so proud of so many of you. <laughs> I'm just I'm so proud. Last week we uh we we finished another yet another album and it was bound to happen because we uh are dwindling down the main wheel. Well, we finished uh the 5150 album finally. It has been eluding us all this time and we finished it with the most requested most manifested a track summer nights a lot of people were hoping for summer nights and we finally spun it and with a whopping 90.8 percent what dreams are made of over a 9.2 so right at the cusp of 91 percent of thumbs up you guys it's a sammy track and you made and you voted it into the 90 percent. Amazing! i'm so happy I'm. Mean, it, it is it honestly is amazing because as the uh the charts will show you that uh any any sammy song was not tracking very well in terms of uh popularity uh but this one on the other hand Corey, you got this right in front of you yep. where where does this one fall in line now number
1: 24 out of 122 songs that we've covered wow. uh summer nights yeah it, it's right above panama which Panama really chaps my ass it's that low. To me, the, the, that agree. should be 98% easy. But it's ahead now of Panama. It's ahead of You Really Got Me Now. It's ahead of Everybody Wants Some Sinner Swing Pound Cake, which was the uh, former winner for Sammy Hagar, 89.10%. Uh, but it's just below So This Is Love, Where Have All The Good Times Gone, Running With The Devil, Dance The Night Away, Ain't Talking About Love. But 24th, th- that is currently the uh, highest ranking Sammy uh, track, 90, 90.8%. Uh, it's the highest one for Sammy. Um, I'm I'm glad to see it. I'm kind of surprised. Like I said, I really think Panama should be a hell of a lot higher. But uh, Summer Nights at 24? Sounds pretty good to me.
2: There are a lot of songs, uh, particularly of the Sammy era, I think, that should be way, way higher than they are. But, look, Summer Nights made it to the top 25, and I guess that's uh, the best we can hope for at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure... Are we we might be done with sammy tracks or we're close to it uh left on the wheel but uh yeah you be the one to tell me but anyway uh this one yeah so i think uh any any chance of getting uh, a higher rated higher voted sammy track might might just be out of the possibility but uh this one at a 90.8% that's that's fantastic so if that's the best I can hope for from you guys, from, uh, vo- you know, voting with your hearts, not uh, not with you know the, the brains thinking like, well, it's not a same or it's not a Dave track. So I'm voting it down, which I'm sure there's a bunch of you out there that do that. Fine. Whatever. However, this one makes me realize that uh, no, no, no. You guys listen to this song. You guys know this song. This one uh, kind of kicked your ass a little bit because it kicked ass 90 um, percent. We'll take it. We'll absolutely take it. Uh, good for you, Sammy. Good for you, Van Halen. And so, there's
1: three Sammy tracks left on the wheel. Three, three from okay. balance.
2: Yeah, my bad. We so we still got three. So there's there's time maybe. But if I'm gonna, if I was a gambling man, I'm gonna say this one's probably gonna be the highest uh, I Sammy think so. rated track. Because we got Aftershock,
1: it. Amsterdam, and uh, yeah. Take Me Back, Deja Vu. I, I I think it's pretty safe bet. Put all your money <laughs> on Summer Nights being the highest rated uh, Sammy track.
2: There it is. Well, you know, it's it is what it is. Like I'm not, but I'm not mad at it because at least finally a semi track deservedly breaks the ninety percent barrier because it just it just wasn't it just wasn't so. Let's see what our people are saying about it. And uh, I'm going to read some tweets from our patrons. If you want your tweet guaranteed, red, right? We get a lot of tweets when we post these polls uh, on what you guys are thinking and where your mindset is with these tracks. So if you want it guaranteed red on the show by yours truly, join the Patreon. Find a tier that's right for you. If you find uh, the tier doesn't quite work for you, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll find something that works. But join the Patreon. It's great. Lots of fun. So... Heading out over to our friend Heath McCoy. He says, wow, 93% love as I write this. It was just a a few days ago, so it dropped a little, but it's fine. 93%. Uh, I'm glad. This is a top five Van Hagar and a top Van Halen cut, period. Eddie's inspired riff, the the irresistible chorus and harmonies, all propelled by Al's agile drumming. So fun and uplifting. The perfect summer song. Uh, let me ask you Greg Zito do you think Summer Nights is the perfect summer song?
4: Oh I love this one this is one of my favorites. Um I yeah I love everything about it. I love the uh um the guitar riff the drums yeah this is a winner.
2: It's definitely a winner that's for sure like uh and I'm really yeah it would have made me very super super sad if uh after we just saying its praises and we were enjoying the hell out of summer nights that the voting results would have turned a different way. That would have been really upsetting because like if this was the one, this could have been the one you guys, and turns out it was. So yeah. thank you.
4: I uh, figured it, it was going to be, I, Oh, I figured it was okay. going to be summer nights or best of both worlds as the top Sammy track.
2: Yeah. Um, and I can't, uh, I'm not sure where uh, Best of Both Worlds landed. I don't have the uh, the charts in front of me, but um, yeah, no, it didn't. And there, there's a there's a few Sammy tracks that we were so sure was going to reach at minimum ninety percent. Uh, like we thought, sure. Top of the World would have done dead. it. We thought we thought Poundcake would have done it, and it didn't. That was that was heartbreaking. So you know what, Mark, it, I, I was thinking in. about
1: this. I, I want to suggest a redo.
2: Uh, maybe a redo? We, maybe we each pick a track
1: and resubmit it for voting. Cause mm. I think Panama deserves to be higher than 90%. <laughs> and there's like pound cake deserves to be higher. Uh, run around deserves to be higher. Like maybe we each pick a track. Let's redo the poll. And, and let's maybe try and get some new numbers. Cause we did the numbers for Panama way, way, way back when.
2: That is so. true. We did. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There, there are some, there's a, a good bit of songs from our early days that deserve uh, a redo. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll look into that, but, let's uh move on right here uh sean mcginnity has got his in the discord i'll move on to that in a second uh our buddy from dissect that film that's all right our buddy brett parker says for me growing up it was summer nights and my boombox blasting 5150 i love this song short and sweet keeping it right to the point thank you so much brett uh let's see jeff brewer the uh, the 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 coward that didn't show up. <laughs> Just kidding, Jeff. He says, "Wow, currently at ninety two percent." When he posted, uh, the first Sam Van Halen, Sammy Van Halen tune to maintain above the ninetieth percentile. For details, see Discord. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, this needs to be an upvote. So he'll have more to say, and I agree; it definitely deserves an upvote. Let's see here. Moving on, moving on, moving on. That might be it for like there. Again, there were a lot of tweets, but uh, again, if you want it guaranteed read on the show, join the Patreon because then you have access to our Discord and uh, the Discord channel. That's that's where the real conversations are happening, and you get to uh, do a lengthy little manifesto, as we call them, on how you feel about the song. And there's no uh, limit to the characters you can use. As such. Scott Monroe says summer nights brings the perfect summer vibe no quibbles no notes 10 out of 10 hashtag what dreams are made of wow Scott Monroe with the the shockingly short mini, like that was a mini mini, mini that wasn't even a, a, a manifesto. that was just a a quick statement <laughs> like just like the briefest uh good stuff though I love it thank you Scott Kevin Brown, our good buddy Kevin Brown, says, Summer Nights, one of the two songs that really got me into Van Halen and made me pay attention to them, 5150, was the other. Every part of the song makes my heart sing. The main riff is one of my very favorite of all time by anyone, not just Eddie. Those major seventh, I think, arpeggios are just lights out fun. I love the lyrics in this one. Light, breezy, and just, again... Fun to sing along with. Great harmonies and Al and Mikey just holding that shit down in the bottom end. Perfection. Ten out of ten. Hashtag what dreams are made of. I love that. I love seeing that. I love seeing people give ten out of ten to a Van Hagar era tune. It it uh, it, it warms the heart. All right. And our good buddy Sean McGinnity, he uh he a lengthy one. Here we go. He says, Summer Nights holds a whole bunch of memories for me. That and Best of Both Worlds were the ones uh, Mytoma slash Overlord, Todd's backup band at home, uh, or Todd's band back home, played so masterfully at a number of talent shows, pageants, and any other show they could get. Uh, It also represents our last summer back home before we moved into the big city of Winnipeg uh, from Bohunk, New Brunswick, Canadian cities. (laughs) uh these were these were the last dregs of our last summer and i was sucking up every experience i could get sammy fit so good the music seemed so effortless for them and it was crazy how in sync they were right out of the gate unlike with mr sharon who really needed another album to gel with van halen probably uh and sure there was a glow on a van halen fan at the time uh for all intents and purposes. Van Halen had broken up and they were done. The, this release was a godsend for us because somehow they hadn't broken up at all. In fact, they were back, and they sounded great. Despite the shock of the other of the softer, why can't this be love? Summer nights kicked us in the nards and reminded us that Van Halen was back. A couple of notes. I love how Sammy Rhymes let him go with whoa. Eddie and Mikey's backgrounds are so great here. Eddie's tone, while different, still sounds like him, and that initial pick slide, I feel it right down the spine. And when I hear it, I have visions of Todd wearing parachute pants on stage, as he did, just like Eddie, looking goofy as hell and then subverting that look with that slide. And then the dive bomb. The only who dive bomb better than Todd was Eddie. I could never downvote this one. Classic, classic Van Halen. Good stuff. A passionate response from Sean McGinnity. I would expect no less. So uh, not to be outdone, Jeff Brewer goes on a a lengthy tear and he says, "Okay, I'll try to make this as brief as possible, but it will still be long. And I'll start with a few nitpicks. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Sam's acapella uh, toward the beginning, but it is less grating than his phlegm hack entrances uh, into When It's Love and Can't Stop Loving You get out of here with that shit Jeff get out of here (laughs) maybe a hey or ow or oof would have been more palatable (laughs) okay (laughs) fair enough fair enough Sam bragged about not having too much to uh, having to spend too much time on these lyrics and I think it shows but the lyrics are acceptable and fun especially for 1986 and I've heard worse from both Sam and Dave much worse I agree with Tom Armbruster about the solo on the record. It's not bad, very few are, but it's not a favorite. That The live Summer Night solo from Live Without a Net is fantastic, of course. That's it. The rest of it is overwhelmingly positive. This song is not my favorite on the album, 5150 is, of course, but it was on my short list of theme songs I would blast through my car stereo as I entered my high school parking lot those last few months of my senior year, 1986. The part right when... The whole band kicks in, sounded so good at high volume. This song actually might have been my favorite song in the album at that time. I can't remember, but I wasn't playing guitar yet. After I started playing guitar, soon after seeing Eddie Van Halen in concert, November 1986, 5150 took the top spot. I could go on and on and talk about Ed's brilliant use of the Steinberger trans trim, but I've linked, enough on, <laughs> I've linked enough on Discord on that, and this minifesto, in quotes, manifesto is already too long. Brilliant guitar playing, great harmonies, clear and definite upvote. Quite a mouthful, but love the passion, love the the uh, the personal touch behind it. Good stuff. So uh, d- despite uh, a few of your, your, your jabs and little shots, uh, Jeff, uh, I like that. Thank you. Good stuff. Brad Gould says, I'm posting my microfesto here so I don't have to support Elon. This is just a fun song. The funky guitar used by Eddie Van Halen allows him to have a really simple rhythm as opposed to using his technical skills to stand out. The overall vibe of the song is a bit of a jazz funk, and all four parts of the band are quite balanced. Eddie's solo comes across like a sax or a trumpet solo in a jazz band. Pure improv that stands out from the rest of the song. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it too. It's good stuff, Brad. Uh, Chaz Mataz Extraordinaire says Summer Nights, toppermost of the poppermost in terms of Van Hagar era. <laughs> Poppermost. uh the vibe was the good time of party that the next seven to eight years were if memory serves one of the very first songs they wrote together it really does make me smile every time i hear it the guitar and drums are brilliantly slinky the harmonies are inspired mikey is always doing his part it's the best of the sammy world what dreams are made of and uh, that's it. There it is. Really? Those are the, the right. Minion Manifest. Oh, boy. What I, are you doing?
1: I don't have breaking news music, so I had to go to this. I, I hope that's oh, okay. But okay. we have breaking news here on All the right. show, everybody. Uh, I'm going to bring this down so everyone can enjoy it. The Van Halen News Desk has now posted their uh, article on Brothers. I'm going to read it here for you, uh, for everybody yes. in the call here. Um, We have new details about the book here. Um, so I'm going to read you the, the blurb uh, that we got from Harper and in the Van Halen News Desk about Brothers by Alex Van Halen. Quote, In this intimate and open account, nothing like any rock and roll memoir you've ever read, Alex Van Halen shares his personal story of family, friendship, music, and brotherly love in a remarkable tribute to his beloved brother and bandmate. Told with acclaimed New York writer Ariel Levy, Brothers is a 70-year-old drummer Alex Van Halen's love letter to his younger brother, Edward, maybe Ed, but never Eddie, written while still mourning his untimely death. In this uh, rough yet sweet voice, Alex recounts the brother's childhood, first in the Netherlands and then in working-class Pasadena, California, with an itinerant music father and a very proper Indonesian-born mother, the kind of mom who admonished her boys to always wear a suit no matter how famous they became, a woman who was both proud and practical, nonchalant about taking a doggy bag from a star-studded dinner. Uh, he also shared tales of musical politics, infighting, and plenty of bad boy behavior. But mostly, his is a story of brotherhood, music, and enduring love. I was with him from day one, Alex writes. We shared the experience of coming to this country and figuring out how to fit in. We shared a record player, an 800-square-foot house, a mom and a dad, and a work ethic. Later, we shared the back of a tour bus, alcoholism, the experience of becoming famous, of becoming fathers and uncles, and of spending more hours in the studio than I've spent doing anything else in this life we shared a depth of understanding that most people can only hope to achieve in a lifetime there has never been an account an accurate account of them or the band and alex wants to set the record straight on edward's life and death brothers includes never before seen photos from the author's private archives and if you go to the van halen store uh, courtesy of the van halen news desk and you sign up for their waitlist to get notified When they're going to start taking orders, you'll receive an exclusive neat little bonus item. No word on what that item is. But if you sign up to the waitlist now, uh, you will get yourself that exclusive uh, little bonus item. So there you go. A little more details on Alex Van Halen's upcoming biography, Brothers.
2: Oh, my God. Have we all just been mistakenly calling him Eddie this whole time? (laughs) And, like... He well, was never I, fond of that. Oh, well, no.
1: I, I think Alex always just got kind of to refer to him as Edward or Ed, never Eddie. So.
2: Oh, I see. It's yeah. just like ah, it's like everyone else can call you Eddie. I'm not calling you. I get that. That's yeah. that's fair. Um that's like uh, you know, a brother thing. You know, people call me uh uh different names sometimes, and then but my my brother and my family are like, we're not calling you that. Your name is Mark, and that's that's what it is. <laughs> like, All right, cool. Uh I get it. That's awesome though. Oh man. I like it. I like what I'm hearing. That's just this raising the intrigue. So you heard what Corey said. Go get on that wait list, man. I, I need to get on the wait list. Like as soon as we're done recording,
1: I signed up while you were doing the, uh, the the discord uh, role there. I was, I made sure I got of my email address in bitch. there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'll be right back. I'm just going to pee real quick. I like, no, you're going to get on the wait list. No, I, I was getting, yeah.
1: Cause they just dropped that on the Van Halen news desk. So all the people on the call, you heard this here first. Uh, obviously the show is going to drop on Friday. So you'll, you know, two days late. Uh, getting this information uh, uh hopefully my email is the first one on the wait list because i cannot fucking wait this is going to be a great book
2: you could always reach out to to eric and be like hey man i'm on the wait list you want to <laughs> bump it up a little you bit wanna, you want to send me uh, a signed
1: copy there buddy uh... <laughs> yeah
2: well there you go uh yet another incentive uh to join the patreon because if you're on our patreon uh then you get the lurker access you can actually watch us record the show in real time and you get the information the scoops as it were ahead of time before we release the show so uh there you go something to think about just saying (laughs) cool stuff i love that well then uh after the uh after the poll results and hearing what people are saying the minifestos it's time to change gears switch gears and do the thing that we love to do but before we spin the wheel and that is say it with me take a shot Manifestations. Manifestations. Mm.
1: where's that dust coming from
2: And that's right. Oh, now we're baby. gonna manifest exactly what song we want to. Uh, there you go. Thank you, Greg. Uh, <laughs> what what, uh, what song we want to bring to the fold? What what we want to manifest and talk about tonight? Now look, the the options are limited now because we have so few songs on the wheel. We still got a, a, a few. Uh, Eleven, I believe. Eleven songs so- left on the wheel. Yeah. So Corey, do me a favor. Would you, want you uh, bring that wheel up real quick, and I'm gonna go over to our Discord and hear what our patrons are going to manifest for tonight's show. Uh, that's right. If you join the Patreon, you get the Discord link and you get to manifest what song that we do. And it's great fun. It's great fun to uh, to see what everybody wants to hear. So we got Scott Monroe saying, "Josephina." For the reasons, and we know what the (laughs) reasons are. So he's they're just not going to let that one go until we finally do it. Jeff Brewer, not to be outdone, says Josephina in the hopes that the wheel randomly in quotes spins my pick from last week, which was Atomic Punk. So I see what you did there, Jeff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Sean McGinnity with the relentless give me the big bad bill. Damn it. I want Jan Van Halen. He wants that big, bad bill. Give it to him. All right. Uh, let's see. And, uh, of course, Chaz Mataz going with uh, Josefina because he's a chaos person. So I put it to you, Greg Zito. You're on the show. You've come back to us. Uh, what do you want to live on the show? What, what, what do you want to manifest for the show?
4: So <laughs> I feel like we need a change of pace. I want something a little different, a little... Uh you know not the normal van halen there so uh i'm looking for little dreamer
2: no he's little dreamer right on
1: i like that one i, I think it's got to be a, a a dave track because remember mark when we started we hit nothing but dave for like the first seemed like seven or eight shows right it was all dave yeah and, and now yeah, we're and... down to it <laughs> we have one gary track left we have three sammy tracks left and we have seven dave tracks so uh, uh, I'm yeah. in the mood to hear Poetic, something,
2: too. isn't it? Yeah, because we're <laughs> such
1: Dave haters. Uh, uh, I'm gonna right. With, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go with my buddy uh, Sean McGinnity. I'm also going to manifest a big bad Bill uh, of course here tonight. Yep. Yeah, so uh, what are you in the mood for here tonight, Mark?
2: Uh well, again, I- I'm going to need you to pull that wheel up so I because I do not recall what we have left on there. I have heard most of the songs that I just like really want to talk about, but I'm sure there's a couple that. Uh, Oh, wait, of course. What am I thinking? We have to bring back Jamie's Crying because we spun it once and we had to spin away from it because of the uh, circumstances of the show, but I have manifested that one before and I'm going to do it again. Jamie's Crying. That's that's what I want to hear. So l- look at that. Another Dave track because we hate him so much.
1: <laughs> that's right. Such Dave haters. Uh, what do you say we... we, we uh... We got 8 people watching right now. We had as many as 10 All at right. one point. We have 8 right now. We have 3 of us. So that's 11. What do you say? I shuffle this wheel 11 times.
2: 11 songs, 11 Seven, shuffles. 8,
1: 9, 10, 11. Are you boys ready to go?
2: I'm ready when you are. Greg, you ready? Let's do it. All right, let's do it.
4: Here we go. Here we go.
1: Kamire, JB's crying. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Do you know
2: what this means, Corey? What does this mean? I have done it. I have manifested 3 times. 3? Well, I'm at 5. So, you got to catch know. up. <laughs> but 3, but like like 3 three's a good one. 3 was the sweet spot for a long time. <laughs> that's right. So, I have I have done I think that's 3. I don't think I've I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty I, sure it is. I'm pretty sure it's just three. So, uh, that's a, uh, that's the, uh, if, if the gold is five, then, uh, three must be silver. And I love silver, <laughs> so yeah, it's like I'm wearing silver right now. So but is anyone
1: yeah. else, in, anyone else on the discord, did they, uh, manifest Jamie's crying? I don't remember.
2: They did not based on what I saw, uh, right. for this week. So, um, Nope, Tom Tom Armbruster snuck one in, and he also manifested Big Bad Bill. So naturally, of course, there were so many manifestations of that, we didn't spin it. Yeah. Uh, Because the wheel likes to suck us over like that. However, it didn't screw me over, because here we are with Jamie's crying, and I know there's uh, uh, one of our patrons, and I apologize, I'm not remembering right away, uh, has been wanting that for a while. Uh, Matter of fact, I think he manifests it every single time we try to spend and we haven't so that person will be happy and i again apologize that i'm not remembering which one specifically you are but uh let your voice be heard because we have finally done it and since i called my shot you're welcome
1: well uh scott monroe in the chat wants to know how does the purple elephant vote so people on the call will will get that reference but where is the purple elephant he's not there anymore it's over there okay
2: did he it's get a looking, I don't. I don't like him when he looks at me when I when I
1: uh,
2: podcast. <laughs> 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 and <laughs> to those with really good ears, if you heard laughing in the background from a a wild Christie. All right, well, Jamie's crying,
1: guys. A song about a one night stand, uh, who kind of lives to regret it, uh, which is kind of ironic, being a David Lee Roth penned uh, lyric. But uh, what are your guys' uh, <laughs> recollections of uh, Jamie's crying?
4: Go ahead, Greg. Oh no, no, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I love this. Uh, I love this track. Well, see now I'm uh, ruining it. Uh, but no, this is this is a solid one.
1: Hmm. Yeah, don't tip your hand too much there. Well, maybe maybe it won't be as good as I remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly.
2: <laughs> I mean, I I don't remember how I feel about it. I've just I've I've manifested it a couple times, and then this also comes from. The, the debut self-titled album, and uh, we already know uh, my feelings on that. I know your feelings on that album, Corey. so uh, But I ask you this, uh, any any uh, uh, words before we jump into Jamie's Crying?
1: Well, just uh, quick recollections before I kind of get into my research while the song's playing, but I think this one came kind of after. Like, it wasn't one of the club songs. It, it kind of came mm-hmm. after they, they started the recording process of the debut. I think it just kind of started with uh, Eddie playing a riff. Sorry, Ed, or Edward playing a riff. <laughs> Edward. Uh, I- even though in an interview, uh, I think it was Jeff Brewer in the chat pointed out, uh, he said Ed, Eddie Edward, it doesn't, he didn't give a fuck. Whatever you wanted to call him is fine. Uh, but um, I, I think it just started with, with, with an Eddie riff and, and then Dave thought it had potential and out came uh, Jamie's crime. But I don't think this was uh, an early song they played in the backyards or in the clubs. It, it kind of came while they were recording uh, the debut.
2: That's cool. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, for me, this, is a, this isn't this is one of those ones. I've talked about uh, a lot of old kind of the uh the earlier Van Halen stuff uh came to me via just driving in the car you know with my parents or my, with my dad uh this wasn't one that uh I heard on the radio in the car all the time this one I just kind of stumbled across and I cannot remember where I was listening to it I'm sure it was on a radio of some sort or maybe it was uh playing uh like at an event I was at or something like that but it wasn't, it it doesn't have the uh, sort of uh, family car ride nostalgia like a lot of Van Halen uh, songs for me have. This one was one I just kind of stumbled into and uh, I asked my folks about it. I was like, Is that, that sounds like Van Halen. Is that Van Halen? They're like, Yeah, it's Van Halen. It's Jamie's crying. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's my <laughs> earliest memory.
1: Like well, I tell you what, and you, you're a young and uh, Tom put it out in the, in the chat, prepping for the Tone Loke fa- flashbacks because Tone Loke uh, sampled this. Uh, on uh, Wild Thing, (laughs) so. Yes, he did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wild Thing, yes.
1: (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Let's go all the way back to the debut record. This was a single released July 1978. The B-side was I'm the one. This is the A-side, Jamie's crying. I gotta tell you, as a, as a guy who, who appreciates the stank, the stank yeah. factor is at eleven uh, on this oh, motherfucker.
2: Like as soon as sure you hear that, your face that crunches is.
1: up. You're like, oh yeah, that's a yeah, dirty like, fucking mm-mm. groove. I love everything <laughs> about it.
2: <laughs> just the crunchy distortion, just the the heavy drums on it, just this the in your kind of like in your face attitude about it. Yeah, this is just this is just groove stank. I love it. And put some
3: stank on it.
1: Oh man, if yeah. that's not like early. <laughs> David Lee Roth, era Van Halen, I don't know what the fuck is, right? Oh, that sounds That's good.
2: That's
1: true. Greg, yeah, I, I could tell you're enjoying this uh, laying in bed right now. I love now. it. Thank God your it. your I'm camera good. shot is just showing your face and not anything yeah. south of the equator.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's really enjoying the
4: song over there.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, it's a great one. And, uh, you know, uh, the first time I ever heard this song i heard it on the radio and i just heard just the end of it and i could tell by the guitar it was eddie and uh i think it was mm-hmm. i think it was a little kid and i'm like that has to be a van halen song okay. like it was unmistakable Absolutely and right uh, yeah i i,
1: I found a great quote from uh, ted templeman here i want to read you guys he said quote at first i was worried that the lyrics were too reminiscent of a 50s white pop breakup song But eventually I realized Dave's lyric was a lot like those wonderful Holland Dozier, Holland Motown tracks like Where Did Our Love Go? Those songs sounded happy, but were about heart-rendering breakups. And I know uh, uh, someone in the chat, um, uh, Josh, uh, pointed out happy melody, sad lyrics, Uh, kind of along those lines. Uh, Sounded happy, but were about heart-rendering breakups. The way it came off was in keeping with that heavy metal with a smile, upbeat sound, this teenage thing, it ended up being... One of the singles off the record. It never charted. It was the third single off that record. Never charted, but uh, to this day, I think when you think Van Halen, one, th- this is one of the tracks that comes to mind.
2: I think so too, and that's a theme with a lot of uh, you know, heavy metal and light rock. Uh, you you you, you hear the the music and the way it's structured, the riffs sound like. Kind of very positive, but then uh, the lyrics are not so positive, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a common theme in that in that genre. So, uh, but I I, I like uh, seeing Van Halen sort of kind of get ahead of it before it became the super popular thing to do.
1: Yeah, big and heavy metal, but big and like just straight rock too. I remember uh, batter to Hell," uh, you know, it's it yeah. a very kind of you know happy uplifting feel to that song. It's about a motorcycle crash and the guy dies, you know, with the heart still beating that leaps out of his body like a batter to hell. So. Yeah, you, I, I like when they mix kind of darker or, or upsetting lyrics with with a happier tone. It's kind of cool.
2: And that, kids, is the tease for Corey's new Meatloaf podcast. That's right. Pot out of hell. Coming soon to a podcast
1: player Ooh. near you.
2: If that doesn't exist, it should. It should. Fuck, I'm,
1: I'm tempted to start <laughs> it right here. <laughs> Kevin, Scott, what are you guys doing? You want to do a Meatloaf podcast? I'm all in. I saw Meatloaf in his very last concert. Before he died, was in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan.
2: Man, (laughs) oh wow, yeah. Hey, I'm in for that. That'd be fun. Like Milov was good, man. I think I encourage everyone go back, go back and listen to Love if you never did, man. There's like that man was doing some incredible vocal
1: work. Oh god, yeah, he had some horseshit songs out there, but I tell you, bat one, bat two, and even a good portion of bat three, great, great stuff. But what do you say we get back into Jamie and, and and why she's crying?
2: Let's find out why she's crying.
3: She knew better
1: All right, a brand new uh, patron, Jeff Fisher, says, fuck Meatloaf. Uh, He's not a fan, so...
2: (laughs) Well, welcome to the... Welcome to the the show, fuck Meatloaf. Welcome to the show, Jeff Fisher. (laughs) It's just like right away, fuck Meatloaf. You guys talk about Meatloaf. I didn't come here for this. You're right, you didn't, but that was just an added bonus. And no, 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 fuck Meatloaf. Go back and check out Meatloaf, man. He's doing good stuff. Um, But to Jamie's crying, on the other hand, uh... This just uh, right away I got to say you know we, we talk about uh at the top of the show we were talking about horrible lyrics and how sometimes even the biggest rock stars are not above it they're not uh, beyond writing something really stupid lyrically that is not what Dave is doing in this song for sure I think he's like it just what he's doing vocally and he's doing the thing that you know Dave, Dave does he's doing you know the the Rothisms but this is a classic example. And there are a few out there that the Rothisms are absolutely like they were made for this song. Like this, 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 the lyrics, the way he is, uh, uh, constructing the, the vocal lines and everything like that. It just, it, it works. Everything about this so far absolutely works.
1: My wife is downstairs and she's getting very mad because she loves meatloaf. And she heard me say fuck meatloaf. And she thought that was coming for me.
2: And it's not. You see what you did, Jeff Fisher? You got Corey in trouble.
3: Damn it, Jeff! <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, welcome to the show. Thank you for your patronage. But
1: at the same time, what the fuck, man? <laughs> man, I'm in so much trouble now. Uh, Scott over in the chat <laughs> says, uh, make it so- make it like a crying sound. That's what he's always imagined. You can kind of hear it in those bands. It almost kind of sounds like it's crying. Um, yeah. Because, like I said, if you're just kind of listening to the song, you think, oh, this is a happy song. But she saw the look in his eyes. She knew better. It made her feel so sad. This guy just wanted a one-night stand, so... Uh, a little deeper than the kind of what you maybe thought about Jamie's Crying. Or sorry, Jamie's Crying. Uh, Chaz Charles says that the bluegrass version of Jamie's Crying with Dave on vocals is classic. Let you see the power of the song. It transcends genre, which it, it really does. All, all the best songs mm-hmm. you can kind of, you know, acoustic, bluegrass, fucking polka, whatever you want. It, it's all going to work.
4: Uh, well, Jeff Brewer, does um does this song remind you of any of the things that happen at the come and go and all the disappointed <laughs> American women? All
1: the time. It's all Jamie's tears crying at the, come, at the and go. come and go. Jamie was crying at the come and go. You have sure, no
4: idea. I'm sure that's where it was happening. <laughs> oh, I'm so oh, glad I wore man. the come
1: and go t-shirt tonight now. Zito with the zinger. Oh, and, and Jeff is at really, least sorry. It. He says, blame me. Don't worry, Jeff. I did.
2: There's so much context <laughs> you don't understand for this. I'll have to explain <laughs> later to Christy. <laughs> she, I don't think she knows about the come and go story. Oh, man. Oh, she's... She, You still have to participate
1: in a live show. That that, that was a whole thing. That's true, yeah. (laughs) What do you see if you got back into, into Jamie's crying here?
2: Sure. This is that moment where like as much as I want to love um and I do love it that riff and what Eddie's doing there uh that that section right there that when they finish the uh the vocal line makes me think of wild thing and so that's that's all I can think of now.
1: <laughs> I I thought this was interesting. We just heard the guitar solo. Apparently uh David Lee Roth claimed in addition to uh, writing the lyrics, he actually uh, structured the guitar solo as well by by singing it to Eddie, and Eddie uh, kind of played whatever uh, Dave was singing there, so uh, th- really? that's just something I picked up on Wikipedia. I don't know if that's true or not, but Dave claims that uh, he structured <laughs> the uh, guitar solo. So.
2: Well, if Dave claimed it and nobody else backed it up, it's <laughs> clearly factual, right? <laughs> it's he, guaranteed he never, 100% he, truth. He never gets his facts incorrect, ever, no. But uh, he doesn't. And and why would I say that he does? Because I'm not a Dave hater.
1: <laughs> this is one of the few songs on uh, the debut record that uh, uses overdubs.
2: Huh. Didn't know that?
1: Little uh, tidbit I figured out there. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. Want to go back to the chat real quick because Scott Everett says it kind of sounds like Dave, you know, maybe would have came up with that structure. He may not be full of shit on this one. And it, it, it's kind of maybe true. not, maybe not. It, it sounds maybe, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say uneddy, but I, I could definitely see him maybe just kind of, you know, picking up on something that Dave was kind of scatting and kind of following that template. That makes sense.
2: Maybe so. We'll, all right, we'll, uh, we'll give it to Dave on this one.
1: Uh, I know we got a lot of, uh, guitar uh, fanatics uh, on the call. Uh, in the chat, and uh, I know you were on too. Um, as uh, I'm going to read this uh, verbatim here. As with other mm-hmm. songs on Van Halen that did not use vibrato, uh, including running, running with the Devil and You Really Got Me, Eddie Van Halen played his rhythm guitar part on an Ibanez Destroyer.
2: Yes, yes, I knew that. Of course. I, you did. I remember, uh, yeah. You're a Van Halen <laughs> well, expert. A, I didn't a... know that. Yeah yeah well didn't you know no actually no i'm required every show to remind you guys i'm not (laughs) a van halen expert i'm not a rock historian uh but no i i grew up and i playing ibanez guitars and for a while there i thought uh the ibanez was the be-all end-all because i was young and foolish um they make good guitars but they're not the best Hmm. um but i did know that about eddie van halen for this album
1: uh tom in the chat says you suppose eddie showed mike that bass lick Doom, 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 doom. There's not a lot to that bass lick, but probably.
2: <laughs> I'm maybe, but I'm going to assume no. Actually, I'm like I think Michael probably came up with that on his own, but yeah. I could be wrong.
1: Uh, Josh, you'll get this as phase 90 on the arpeggios. Perfect. <laughs> You're laughing. Explain it to us, uh, ne'er do wells who don't uh, speak guitar.
2: I can't explain it because, uh, you know, I, I speak guitar, but not super, super fluently because I'm very <laughs> out of practice. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, I'll, I'll let, uh, Josh and, uh, hell I'll get to, sh- if, uh, Sean and Todd want to, want to pop in for this one, like I'll let them explain it.
1: <laughs> All right. Shall we keep going here? We got about 37 seconds left. It sounds pretty much like the last 20 we heard, but, uh, we'll play it anyway. <laughs>
2: Maybe it'll just fade off into the darkness.
1: Maybe. Let's find
4: out.
2: There you are and she's crying and crying crying herself to sleep because what a what a whoa, what a tragedy. I was gave you a little uh, atomic there. I was ready to just keep on rolling here. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We're not there yet. We got to spin <laughs> it first. I know everybody wants to hear it, but uh, patience it's coming. patience, it's coming. my dears. Uh but that was Jamie's crying from the self-titled debut of Van Halen, uh, an album very revered even to this day, uh especially by, you know, you those on this call right now so yes, sir. uh and that one um again i cannot remember uh it might have been uh was it chad or it might one of our patrons i know was was really wanting jamie's crying for like every single time that i we know jeff brewer asked was for Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff as well. So we'll say Jeff and uh, whomever else that was really, really pining for Jamie's crying. We have done it. And again, since I called my shot, you're welcome. (laughs) Uh, But there you have. But the but the real the real question is, how did you all feel about it? Does it still hold up? Uh, do you still uh, think it is uh, the bee's knees, or are you going to be like Jamie and just go off crying about how bad it is? I ask Greg Zito first, because you're our honored guest, you're member of the panel here, so returning to the show, we didn't spin what you manifested, but we did spin a David Lee Roth tune, so with regarding everything else, or forgetting everything else, rather, would you say Jamie's crying is what dreams are made of, or... Is the dream over?
3: This one it's
4: This one's uh, an absolute classic um you know I mean the sound is is I love the guitar on this um the uh I mean you know Dave, you know what? I, I, I give it up to Dave too because the lyrics I think it tells a good story. I think this is a great turn. This well, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to this track every day of the week.
2: There you go. Well said by Greg Zito. There it is. And so then I throw it to you, good buddy Corey Morissette. You uh, are the self-appointed Dave hater, That's as right. it has been pointed out in YouTube. Absolutely. That is that is your moniker, and there is yep. nothing else about you to Love know. Love cats, except.
1: hate Dave, 100%.
2: Love cats, hate Dave, and uh, not fuck meatloaf. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I ask, after uh, listening and breaking down Jamie's crying, is it still what dreams are made of, or... Has she cried herself to sleep and the dream is over?
1: Well, before I vote, I got to point out, I can't do the podcast anymore. My wife says I can't play with my friends if they keep trying to sway my opinion on meatloaf. So this will be my last show. But if so. (laughs) I I guess I'm going out on a high note because I really, really like uh, Jamie's Crying. Uh, kicking off side two of the debut record, which is a perfect record uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, spoiler alert: you, you can't download a goddamn thing on this record. It, it's fan fucking tastic. Uh, to me, this is all about guitars. Like uh, th- uh, they're kind of laughing about it in the chat. you know, did uh, Eddie show Mikey the the bass line, which is just like dun 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 dun. <laughs> like it, it's pretty simple bass wise, even drum wise. There's not a lot going on, but it, it's all about the guitars, the rhythm, and the lead guitars on this are fantastic. And Dave too. Dave sounds great. Lyrics are great. Uh, well-constructed song. I know Dave kind of considers it a pop song, and I guess in its construction, maybe uh, it, it's got some some pop tendencies, but an absolutely uh, fantastic track. Um, I, I had some some interesting things about this song uh, lined up, but I completely forgot them all, so I'm just going to say, Jamie's crying absolutely what dreams are made of. Uh, but Mark Meyer, you're also a, a self-obsessed uh, Dave hater. You're currently wearing your I Hate Dave uh, t-shirt and sandwich board and ringing your bell on the street corners of Nashville every single day. Uh, How are you going to vote on this one? Jamie's crying. Is this what uh, dreams are made of, or is the dream
2: over? Well, after some long consideration... No, I don't understand how you could downvote this song whatsoever. Not only does it come from uh one of their all-time great albums, their debut album for that matter, uh, but it's just a great tune. Is it is it pop? Sure, pop rock, but that's not a bad thing. It's not a, a dirty word uh, to use pop in the same sentence as uh you know, a rock band. It's fine. It's pop means popular. Was this on popular? Sure. Uh, could it have been more popular? Absolutely. And it probably should have been, but nevertheless, it is what it is. Uh, Jamie's crying. This is absolutely uh, no disrespect to Al or Mikey. You know, I know we're making jokes about the, the baseline here, but uh, this is an Ed and Dave performance. <laughs> like this is like, this is their show this song uh it's all about the guitars as you say it's and uh dave telling the story uh and a cohesive one and one that actually i mean it everything he's doing vocally as i said earlier it just it works it works whether the uh the guitar riffs came first or dave just had the idea in his head and then the boys worked around it whatever it was this is uh a quintessential van halen song and i think it shows Given that, uh, you know, it just this is just a good example of seeing how the boys work together, how uh, what each member brings to the table. And if Dave brought the majority to the uh, uh, of material to the table for this one, then more power to him, honestly. Uh, And this is just an absolute. Banger of a song, I think Um, it's not the greatest Van Halen song in the world. No, it doesn't even have uh, the most technical or the greatest guitar riffs but it's still got some stank on it we love that it's still groovy it's still rocking it's still van halen and for all those reasons that is why that is what dreams are made of for jamie's crying so cry no more jamie we got the upvote now um i, I gotta say
1: tom is giving a shit in the chat he's the bass player uh on, on our patreon <laughs> yes, he <is. laughs> He's screaming right now. Not the main baseline. Okay. He says, "Go under the the Jamie's been in love before section. Go back and listen to that bass." I didn't pick up on it because I was listening to the bridge and the lovely harmonies and what Dave was doing. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't hearing the bass. Uh it, it's probably pretty damn good. Uh stop yelling but, at me, uh Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the bass under the bridge, I get it. Oh, he's so mad. I am so we sorry. Know. Uh, oh,
2: he well, I mean, thank having, God I'm having having not anywhere near him. He's bit, gonna I want to punch I, me. I think I know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's so pissed. It's okay, Tom. <laughs> Everything's gonna be okay. We love you, Tom. We love bass players.
1: And yeah, there, there is do. a pretty cool section underneath there. I, I was talking about the uh, underneath the chorus stuff. Oh my God, he's so mad. I'm so sorry. Calm down,
2: <laughs> guy. Just pissing everybody off today your wife and Tom. You
3: know, Mikey it's not rules. even your fault.
1: Mikey Rules. I, I wanted to point that Mikey out. Everybody through. should take a page out of the Michael Anthony playbook. Uh, in, in terms of how to play bass and how to you know deal with band drama, Mikey yeah, does it better to say, than anybody. How
2: to play bass and how to ignore <laughs> assholes in your band—that's band. right. <laughs> the he—he uh, he, he should write a memoir about that. Maybe he does. Uh, maybe he's got a lot of like Zen in his in his uh his 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 self. I don't know. It's you know, like, there's
1: been talk of a Mikey biography, but it, it, he said it's just be a lot of yeah. You know what? This was cool. Yeah, had a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great. He he's not gonna like. Just, Spilling E.T. He's a man
2: of few words. Yeah, no, he's, and- just, uh, you know, he's just the just guy that just goes with the flow. Man, I love that. I actually envy that. He probably has never been anxious a day in his life. And what's that like? And he's still
1: loving yeah, life. Anyway. I, actually, I wanted to play this during the news. I'll play a little bit now. But uh, yeah, we yeah. have a little bit. Uh, uh, just a, a few days ago, four days ago, as we record this, uh, Michael Anthony jumped on stage with ZZ Top, one of my favorite bands. And they played a little Beer Drinkers and Hellraziers. Let, let, let's play a little bit of that for you now. The, the, the audio quality isn't great, but um you know that 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 uh,
2: no, but he's belting man, well, and, he's just he's just going for it,
1: and, and that's the Dusty Hill section that he would sing that, in. he has such such a he's he's a lot like Michael Anthony actually in terms of how he plays bass and how he sings mm-hmm. backup and how he can take lead too, so the fact that Michael Anthony is on stage with ZZ Top doing the Dusty Hill part is really fucking cool. And he, that he, is
2: very very cool.
1: And of course, uh, Van Halen used to cover "Beer Drinkers" and "Hellraisers" way back in the day. So I just thought that was really really cool that he hopped on stage with the boys uh, way back <laughs> on the Rock Legends cruise uh, four days ago yeah. and busted out uh, "Beer Drinkers" and "Hellraisers."
2: And I love he's in. I mean, he's in his cruise attire too, man. Just the the sleeveless shirts and the shorts. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like he's like I literally just got off the dock tanning to come sing with ZZ Top. <laughs> what is your life, man?
1: That is awesome.
2: It's <laughs> amazing,
1: yeah, Scotty. Everett, oh, wow, t- Mike, taking it back to the club days. That's right. Yeah, they used to cover a lot of these. Yeah. Yep. Oh.
2: Indeed, indeed. So, cool stuff, man. Well, there's another one down, man. We we have done it. We've we've covered ah, another one from a, a great album from a great band, and you guys, you know what that means. We are down to the final. 10 that's right get your brackets out because march madness is not happening out on the courts it's happening here on the pod airwaves it's the it's the march madness of the podcast will rock uh i don't know we'll workshop a title or something like that (laughs) to make it fun and exciting but uh we're in the final 10 you guys the the final 10 songs of this main wheel and then we evolve or I don't know, what do we do? It's up to you, it's up to you, the listener. And you know how you can uh, uh, get the news Quick and how you can input give your own input on what you think we should do you should join the patreon i talk about it every show but i'm just going to keep talking about it until you all join up with us because we we all we want you all there okay if you're listening to us you remotely enjoy what we do join the patreon get a tier that looks right for you if it doesn't look right for you let us know maybe we can figure something out but you get access to the Discord where the conversations are always happening. They're great conversations, uh, links to all this stuff. You can, as I said, throw in your own input about what you would like Corey and I to do moving forward. And then also you get acquainted with like Corey and myself have, with all these great Van Halen listeners and these uh, great friends that we've made. I'll just give you a, a little example of the friends you can make on our Patreon. We've got Matt Lacoste, Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast, Rava Flav, Josh Caldwell, Michael Griffith, Chaz Charles, Sean McGinnity, Kevin Brown, Per Leniker, Scott Monroe, Ryan Powell, Jeff Brewer, Tom Armbruster, Scott Everett, Brett, Heath McCoy, Janice Risco, Brad Gould, Michael Triplett, Davey Lee Smith, Chad Pollock, Brett Parker from Dissect That Film, Jeff Fisher, and Scott Haskin joining us, and then of course our uh our honored guest of the evening, Greg Zito. So Thank you all. That, that's a hell of a lineup, and I got to tell you, it's it warms the heart that you guys are interested in what these two jerk offs have to say every week. <laughs> it's like, I, not that we're jerk offs, so like I hope we're not, but you know, we're just we're just a couple of dudes. We're not rock historians, and we're not experts. I know we like to joke, but we're not these guys. We're just fans like you. Talking about a band we like, and you know what? We're not the only ones. We are part of a grand network. Oh, oh wait, oh, you were going oh, too quick there. Let me. We yeah, got you're, something you're else to Unfortunately,
1: away. Greg had to go, so he's not yeah. going to get to play here tonight. But it's time to play. How many times did Van Halen perform? Jamie's crying. All right, let's. Oh. Uh, we'll give it a second for everybody in the chat to kind of get their guesses in. Uh, all the way back I was to I such the a role, you
2: thought, thought I was going to slip by you. I know. <laughs> I almost
1: forgot, too. Like, oh, shit, there's something else we usually do about this time.
2: <laughs>
1: what was that again? Oh, right. How many times Who's have Van Halen that? performed Jamie's Crying? I that bet you it's a game that
2: are real bad at that you love humiliating me with, but it's You funny. know
1: what? I, I see your lady on the couch there behind it. Does she have a guest? How many times does she think Jamie's Crying has been performed?
2: How many times do you think the song Jamie's Crying" has been performed live by Van Halen. Don't look at her. She says once. <laughs> oh, just once? Just once? Okay. Wow. Just, just once. Once, once right. live. That's that's her guess. That, that is a
1: bold right? guess, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for her.
2: <laughs> uh, I, that's basically her way of telling me to fuck off. Oh, okay.
3: Okay.
2: Her, yeah, her guess is one because she didn't okay. have a better guess than that. And honestly, that might end up being the winner just from that alone. So, <laughs> well, i tell you what, we'll- Scott
1: Everett in the chat has a guess. Uh, he's guessing, uh, okay, they played it from 78 to 84 and then in 04 and then in 2012. That's eight tours. Uh, using his formula of uh, tour times 75 plays per tour, he come up with 600. So his wow. number is 600. Jeff Brewer uh, is saying 350. Uh, times, and then Scott Haskin picked up on my dodgeball reference. Thank you very much. If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. Dodge a ball. So we have guesses of 600 and 350 and one. Mark Kamire, what's your guess going to be?
2: Oh, God, they probably played this song a ginormous amount of time. So I'm going to say right at 500 times. 500 times?
3: Yeah.
1: I tell you what, that's a pretty good guess, but... Mark Kumar, you lost once again to Scott Everett. He guessed 600 times. The correct answer, 615 times.
2: Oh, man. So all I had to say was 601. That's right. Ugh, damn. 615. You were so close, babe. <laughs> just 614 <laughs> off, yeah. Yeah, you were just, yeah, but, ah, uh, well, hey, well, but, but of course, uh, you said uh, Everett got that one? Yep, he did, yep of course he did of course i'm not i'm not remotely surprised by that at all so good for you scott of course but uh hey i wasn't i wasn't too 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 far off i That's have pretty good worse. guess i good have guess. definitely guessed worse i could have guessed one but i didn't There so, <laughs> here you go all right well uh as i said like uh, i was i was on a roll but i'll give it to you again you guys uh if you remotely enjoy the things that Corey and I do, then you probably want to get down on other podcasts that might be talking about your favorite rock acts. And guess what? We are part of a grand network that allows just the thing. Corey, tell them about the Deep Dive Podcasting Network.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. We're talking about some great podcasts like a couple of archived ones that I was a part of. Backtracks Theme Music, talking about your favorite music for movies and Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited with the uh, sexy's man in podcasting, Scott Haskin, uh, breaking down the Aerosmith catalog. Those are both done, but you can catch these current uh, active shows, including Kevin Brown at the Tom Petty Project. Uh, Kevin also does a show with his buddy Randy Woods called Seaside Pod Review, breaking down the Queen catalog. They got themselves a wheel. I wonder where the fuck they got that idea from. Even though we stole ours from Pot of Thunder, they stole theirs from us who stole from Pot of Thunder. So They're even worse than we are. That's how I'm going to choose to look at it. Scott Haskett also has Uriah Heap, the Magicians Podcast. Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bones Prime Cuts. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap of the Pods. That one's archived. You can catch all the uh, back episodes of wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also catch Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast. Clay and Rye at North by South Podcast. That's Canadian music versus American music. A lot of fun that show is. Check it out. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pot, So What, Tuck, All Things Megadeth. Quinn at Envolume Volume for All. Sam, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. Then we have the uh, Chaz uh, podcast universe here. We have Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu, Chaz and Chats at Rush Rash, Chaz and Wolfie at Regarding Roger. uh, Sorry, Chaz and Wolfie at Regarding Roger. Uh, Then we have the Rewind to 1984 podcast with the aforementioned Scott Everett, the Sean Geek and Fast Red podcast, the DLR cast, the Bogus Otis Show, Booked on Rock with the legendary Eric Senich, You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast dissect that film. Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast, and Pot of Thunder, the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting. They just finished February, which if you're not checking Pot of Thunder out during February, you are missing out. Not only are you getting songs by and in the vein of the legendary Lou Rawls, but you're getting some of their absolute uh, best banter. Uh, February is absolutely fantastic. Go back and check out those shows. That's uh, Pod of Thunder, the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting, and that is the Pod Roll. Mark Kimeyer, back to you.
2: Always a pleasure, always fun, and uh, definitely check out all of those podcast to meet your rock podcasting needs guaranteed you will find something that you enjoy there uh and if you enjoy us you're gonna enjoy all of those shows so definitely check those out also check out podcast where we have uh, our merch store up we have uh backlog episodes all of our socials go there get you a shirt get you an apologies to gary shirt and everything like that um it's definitely uh, something that I want to see. I have talked about on the show constantly at this point. I mean, it's is it a joke? Yes, but it's also uh, near and dear to my heart. And I really just want to see an army of you wearing apologies to Gary shirts. Uh, I just it just would put a great smile on my face. And I know so many of you have you've reached out and said that. Ah, check it out. Got it. And uh, thank you for that. It really does uh, make the man's uh, heart grow five times larger than it was. It was, you know, I had the Grinch's heart before, but now I am so full of love and we appreciate all of the love, all the stuff you guys have been doing for us. uh, Just listening, getting the word out, uh, joining the Patreon or telling your friends, continue to do so. Share the word, share the link, uh, share the show to everybody and tell them that this is the show you go to when you want to hear about fans talking about van halen that's what we do here we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later